This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this Good Friday edition of Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey. And I'm Brandon. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's baseball season. I figure I'd throw a curveball in there. Yeah. Okay. It's the coach. Yeah, let, I don't even... I, I can't even remember the last time I called you Brandon. <laughs> it felt weird when I said it. I don't even—I don't even refer to myself as Brandon anymore. So, but oh man, okay, it's the coach. <laughs> well, how are you doing this week? I'm good, man. Enjoying this nice weather. It is nice. We're up nice. around eighty. Oh yeah. Other than the pollen killing me, it's been wonderful. But so big news. This past weekend, oh, wait a minute, before we start talking about that, I want to let everybody know, we announced it last week um, at the gathering, but for those who were not there and those who have not watched the live stream, we will not be having our regular Kingdom Family Gathering this Sunday, Easter. Uh, We will be back next Sunday, so make plans to be with us. but we will not be having a gathering this coming Sunday. Also, uh, if you would like to join the Kingdom Family Gathering Facebook group, uh, you can keep up with all events and updates there. If we have to uh, uh, change a time or if we have to uh, cancel a gathering yeah. for a week you know we always try to give everybody plenty of notice on there so you can find it at kingdom family gathering it's a public facebook group you can follow or or join that to keep up and uh man we've been having some great holy spirit uh field meetings lately yeah it's been great man this past sunday man it was just just an outpouring of the spirit and just man just Man, God's good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that I, I remember that song, and I, maybe it's called "Available." I don't know. Uh, possibly. You know? That's the first time I ever heard it. By the way, it was for me too. And so they played it. We played it the first time, and but then you said, "Well, let's play it again." And man, there was something in that when you said that. Just and to hear it again, it's like, "Wow!" Yeah, just making ourselves available for just being obedient, right? You know. Yeah, that was it was it hit me strong whenever I first heard it and I was like, man, mm-hmm. we've got to play that one again. Um but being available for the Lord, but the Lord moved in such a great way um especially among the youth and it's awesome to see that, you know, like Cannon, he's our youngest youth at at 11 right now, but um Almost 12, actually. Right. Man, these kids growing up too fast. (laughs) Tell me about it. But then all the rest are, you Mm -hmm. know, 15, 16, 17, you know, on up there uh, so far. Now, hopefully more will continue to pour in. But, but man, just watching them weep before the Lord, watching them, you could just see uh, something opening up in the spirit Mm -hmm. with them. And, uh when they were in that prayer circle, I just felt led to pray for a strong bond. And I believe that there was a bond between those um, that was made that day that I hope will never go away. Yeah, I agree, man. Just watching them and just, 
I believe they could have stayed there a little longer if they, and by all means, we we never want to stop anything from what's going on, but mm-hmm. just being available to the Lord in every aspect of our life, you know. It's funny, we always, when we get there, we're always like, we kind of ask each other, hey, you got anything on your heart? And we're yeah. just like, we're just, we're learning just to, for me, just learning to obey the Spirit and just, right. Like, you know, I study, I read stuff, different things during the week, you know, different scriptures or whatever, but it's just, man, just go where the wind blows us. And yeah. It's amazing how it all just, I mean, just lined up. We had no, we just made ourselves available. Right. Just, all right, Lord, here we are. So when you played this song a second time, it, I mean, it really hit me. It's like, wow. And uh, we don't have to go into too much, but all I heard was, so I went to Revelation chapter 3. I was looking he says, remember, I'm your first love. Mm-hmm. And then I read the scripture, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah. And that song, Make Yourself Available, was played. I'm like, wow, maybe this is why I'm here for, this is why I turned to this scripture, you know. Right. So immediately I read that, and I'm all right, Lord, just making ourselves available whenever you knock. Right. We answer and just be obedient. You know, we say it all the time to the youth, especially. And for us, yeah, for me, I'm learning to do that more and more. Yeah. You know. Well, that... <clears throat> The the scriptures in John uh, that I read from yeah. were, they had been on my heart all week, but I, I didn't, he hadn't developed any kind of a message or any kind of an unction to say a certain thing to go along with it. And then when that song played, mm-hmm. I was like, mm. you know, who the son is set free is free indeed. Mm-hmm. And... For some reason, the Spirit really started dealing with me about those verses and how it goes along with that song. And if you're born again, you're free. Mm. You should be free from all bondage. Yeah. Uh, most of us are, but we just don't know it yet. Right. And that's, I think, that's a key that I'm learning to lean into. It's not that I am not free. Yeah. Because what he did on the cross paid for all freedom. It's just that I don't quite understand how free I am yet. Yeah. And so when that song uh, started uh, playing and started talking about being available, the Lord started dealing with me about what is keeping you. And he was talking to me specifically. Oh, yeah. You know, me too. what is keeping you from being available? What from the littlest thing to the biggest thing, whether it's a step in ministry or whether it's just, you know, talking to somebody about Jesus at Walmart. What is keeping you from being available yeah. when I call you? So it just, it just, I mean, the Lord, the way, the way he just moves everything into the way he does. And just, if we just be obedient, just learn to follow him yeah. more. Uh, and we're still, I mean, we're still learning. We always say, I always remain teachable, right? So, exactly. So when those verses came to me, and then you went to chapter four, I mean, it couldn't, we, we open the door, we make ourselves available, mm-hmm. and he sets us free. But what stops us from opening that door, making ourselves available, you know? Right. So it all fit. And I mean, just, I feel it now already. <laughs> just, and it's always amazing, you know, we I always kind of try to have an idea in my, you know, in my, in my, in my reading time or whatever, all right, Lord, what direction you want to go this Sunday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just learning just to, and just to be obedient 
more and more. Right. Well, and one of the things that the Lord has, has taught me and is teaching me, I used to stress so much. Um, you know, now we've got this thing that we've got a we've got a every Sunday at least. And then, you know, if, if the Lord calls us to to call for extra gatherings through the week or if, you know, we're preaching somewhere yeah. else through the week, whatever. You know, I used to stress myself out so much trying to trying to get a message, you know, trying to find something to preach on. And now he has taught me just read my word, mm-hmm. seek me on a daily basis, and then what you preach will be a natural byproduct of the time that you've already been spending with me. It's not about trying to go through and find the perfect message. Just soak him in. Mm -hmm. And then when the time comes that you're supposed to be speaking, he has never failed me yet to come through with something. Yeah. You know, so that's a lesson to all of us. Just let our messages and our preaching and our teaching just be a natural byproduct of the time that we've been spending with him yeah. through the week. And there's nothing wrong with taking I'll still take notes. See, I'll still do mm-hmm. uh, underlining and writing stuff down or whatever. But, man, just, yeah, like I said, I don't have to put the pressure on me the, like I used to. And just, man, it's got to be. It's got to be my way, I right. guess is what I'm trying to say. And the Lord said, no, just obey me and follow me. Yeah. So still learning, man. Right. And the way that he has led us to do these gatherings, um, you know, like you mentioned a minute ago, we go in, unless something just really jumps out at us through the week, we don't usually text each other about no. what's on my heart, what's on your heart, any of that. And there's never really a... Well, who is going to be teaching or preaching today? Who's going to be leading? Because it don't matter really who starts it off. Mm-hmm. Most of us, you know, end up in the discussion. Yeah. You know, and the spirit just starts moving in such a way that that yes, you know, we are leaders, but um it's not just about us. It's just it's not just about our perfect message that we had planned for that day. It's about it's about the spirit leading us to to begin speaking and and then everybody get involved and grow together. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about what we're doing. Um, a good friend of ours, a few months ago, I remember him praying for me, and he said, "I feel like the Lord is saying there's a revolution coming out of you." Mm-hmm. And I really didn't understand what that meant at the time. But the more I sit back and see how he is developing what we do, I see that what we're doing is not what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. What we're doing is not normal church services, you know, and it's not a somebody's up on a platform or, or a stage or uh necessarily behind a pulpit and that's the person that ever all the focus is on and that's the one who has the the perfect words to speak and and all of that stuff you know it's just it's about all of us mm-hmm. and we're having a discussion and that's what people ask me about kfg you know um 
and I say, well, you know, it's whatever the Lord leads. You know, sometimes it's a Bible study. Sometimes, you know, the Lord leads us to stand and, and preach. Sometimes we're teaching. Sometimes we're just in a discussion. So it's however the Spirit leads. And what I love about it is, and I'm pretty sure you will agree with me, we have no pressure to stand up and perform. Right. It's just about being available and letting the Spirit move how He wants to. It's not about any one person having to have the perfect words or the perfect message to make everything start happening. No, it, it's about all of us just gathering together and growing together. And sometimes it, it just starts with somebody speaking a word. Mm -hmm. It could be a youth, it could be your wife, or whoever's there. And man, it's, it's not, like you said, it's not just about you or me teaching or one specific person it's just sometimes it just starts and the lord speaks through somebody whether it be a word or something they've read or a passage they read or whatever's on their heart yeah. and it just begins that's what kingdom family is it's just it's family right you know so we, we always try to make we always ask you know any thoughts questions comments <laughs> at the end uh and people really i think they really understand especially the more they come they understand man I don't really understand but I can ask a question and I right. can we can break this down I, we don't know it all that's exactly you right know, we know we're 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 teaching them and the uh, Lord's teaching us so it's just just making ourselves available mm -hmm. to these to the people who are there even the ones you know we talk about all the time our life is a ministry so just making ourselves available to the Lord wherever right. we're at whatever we're doing Amen. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, while we're while we're kind of in this, uh, let's go ahead and discuss what this weekend represents. Okay, um, and then we'll get into the wrestling talk that we were we were going to discuss. But today, Good Friday, uh, represents the day that Jesus was crucified. Sunday, Easter, or as I prefer to call it, Resurrection Day, yeah. um, is the day that he was resurrected. And in John chapter 19, um, there's three of the most important words that I believe the Bible says um, out of all Scripture. And those three words are, it is finished. Yeah. And that's... You know, it says that Jesus, um, after taking a drink of the sour wine, uh, he said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And that's what this is all about. Yeah. It is finished. What is finished? Whatever. Everything. Number one, your salvation. Mm -hmm. Your anxiety, depression. Any any sin, any stain, any sickness, any disease, it was all paid for on the cross of Calvary. And like we have been learning and, and really digging into and teaching the last year or so at least, well, for years before, but... We've, I think we have, the Lord has brought us into a whole new revelation of it within the last year. Your identity being in Christ. So many, and I grew up like this, oh, Jesus died for me so that I could skip out on hell and someday go to heaven. Mm -hmm. 
as awesome as that is, that's not the whole gospel. No. And that's what we, the the burning passion, uh, at least in me, is for people to come to that understanding of really what Jesus did. It's not just about, yes, he died on the cross. Yes, he took away your sins. Yes, uh, he made a way for you to go to heaven. But it was it was more. It was about you becoming like him. Yes. That's the truth of the gospel. It's about you being conformed into his image. It's about you being crucified. Our favorite verse, Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So it's all about Jesus. He's in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us and, and through us. He operates through us. And... That's what this whole weekend is truly about. That's what his death, burial, and resurrection was truly meant to accomplish so that we could not only go to heaven someday, but as Ephesians 2 says, at the moment we're born again, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Mm -hmm. Not after we've went through that ladder of success, But at the very moment we're born again, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. This is what he has done for us. That's it, man. It is finished. Just uh, so growing up when I I first came to know the Lord and I I gave my life to him when I was just in this place where I just, I can't do it anymore, Lord. You know, whatever. This is, I just got to give it to you. Uh, I'm broken. Here I am. Mm -hmm. But, after I got saved, you know, there was, well, I, tell, I tell this all the time, there's nobody there to help disciple me or, okay, how do I live this thing out? Mm-hmm. Realizing it is finished, you know, everything that I'm going through, I've been through. So the last 20 plus years, man, just been, I'm more conscious now of, man, how free I really am. Right. And this comes with the growth, of course, you know, spiritually and wisdom, whatever you want to call it, and just understanding who I am now. And, man. We preached identity for a few years, and then rest. Now we're learning to rest in identity, mm-hmm. but we're learning to rest in that beloved identity. Yes, we are as He is. Right, man. We need to understand that, and just now I'm more conscious of it. Like, man, I don't have to. I don't have to struggle with this. Mm-hmm. What you know, whatever the enemy's trying to uh, put in my mind, or whatever you know he's trying to do to use, or whatever you want. However you want to say it, just I'm more conscious now of what I'm doing, and you know, even if I'm at work, what I'm saying to other people, and it's it's difficult sometimes. You want to get in that other place, <laughs> like you know, pre uh, pre Christ or whatever. Yeah. It's like, but the Lord's like, that's not you anymore, right? And He reminds me of that, just speaking to me. That's not you, Lord. I want to be. I just want to go out with some people. <laughs> I mean, this. I talk to Him just like I'm talking to you, and He's like, that's not you anymore. Mm-hmm. But can I just be that for one second? He's no, it's not you. Yeah, and it's not. It's Christ who lives in us now. Right. So, man, just we need to understand what this weekend is about. It is finished. Yeah. He brought us from death to life, just as you know, He gave His life for us. Right. And man, it's. Yeah, we we talk about this, and I shared it before. I'm the most <coughs> restful now than. Just being where 
I don't want to say contentment or comfort, but just what we're doing now. You know? Right. Uh, trying to look for the right word and say that, but but they just learned how much he loves us and just being available. Yeah. You know. So the next verse, Galatians two twenty one. After he says all of that, how he says, you know, I am crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Verse 21 says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Mm-hmm. We've been preaching and teaching the last few weeks on the mixture mm-hmm. of law and grace and how it's got to be one or the other or the people are going to still be in bondage. Right. What Jesus did for us was to completely make us free from having to constantly be focused on keeping a law. Yeah. And so many people get mad when, when they hear that, but they're like, well, you know, I had, I had one guy ask me, he said, yeah, but I mean, don't you, don't you want to keep the law? I mean, don't you still need to keep the law if you're free in Christ? I said, yeah, but here's the thing. It's not about me looking through a list of rules and saying, okay, I don't need to commit adultery today. I need to honor my father and mother today. I need to do this and do that and do this and do that. It's not about that. The person of the Holy Spirit now lives in me. Yeah. Romans 8, 11. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from mm-hmm. the dead dwells in your mortal body. So the same spirit that Jesus had lives in me. The same spirit that led Jesus while he was here on earth. Yeah. And we went over that before. Philippians says that he he laid aside his deity. So while he was 100% God, 100% man, on earth, he operated as a man. And then Acts 10, 38 says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to go about healing the sick, casting out demons, and doing good. So Jesus, although he was God in the flesh, operated on earth as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The exact same Holy Spirit that you and me have. That's it, man. And so now... The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us in all truth, as Jesus said he would in the book of John. Um, So it's not about us worrying about checking off the to-do list. Mm -hmm. When the Holy Spirit lives in us, we're going to desire to live a life pleasing to God. We're going to desire to keep law. But it's not in what we are doing we are resting in the finished work of Christ this resurrection day Easter weekend we are resting in his finished work and that allows the power source the true power source the holy spirit to work through us so we're not doing it by our own efforts our own talents our own willpower we're doing it by the power source being the Holy Spirit, and He is leading us and guiding us in all of these truths. So, 
Man, that's just what Jesus did. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. Give you rest, yeah. And when we're trusting fully in his finished work, he gives us rest. And I believe I mentioned it this past uh, Sunday at KFG. You can you can claim to be resting, but if you're truly resting in the finished work of Christ, you'll be doing more for the kingdom than you ever did in your life because oh, yeah. the Holy Spirit is moving on you to do. Yep. You're not getting burned out because you're trying to do it in your own willpower and your own efforts. It's the Holy Spirit who is leading you. That's very true, man. For me, there was a time where, man, I felt like I had to be a part of everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. Whatever church I was attending or wherever the Lord had me at the time, if something was happening, I felt, I got to be there. I got to be there in case I miss something. I miss something while I'm working. Yeah. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't resting at all. Because in my mind, I was thinking, man, I just got to be there and just uh, for whatever for whatever reason, that was my mindset at the time. You know, it's like now I'm just learning the rest, and the the Lord calls me to be there. I'll be there for right. sure, just making myself available. You know, but there was a time where I just, I mean, I felt bad when I missed out on something, or uh, for whatever reason, whatever it was, the ministry, you know, events, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, just. But I was just trying to work, work. So I felt, man, I just need to work. Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't struggle with this depression or this anxiety if I just work more, if I just work more. Right. But, man, I learned to rest. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought of me just resting now or doing more than that? I feel I ever have just my daily walk with him, you know? Exactly. And just learning to rest and that beloved identity. So, man, if we just learn that and just... You know, and it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to stay that way. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I always remember Pastor Sam yeah. mentioning it. It's always stuck with me. You know, so that is that was that was one of his that was one of his lines all the time. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And then y'all with me? Yeah. <laughs> we, we threatened to get a shirt made for we, we we use that excuse to stay that way. Right. Well, I'm just nobody. I'm the enemy tells me. You got this stuff going on in your mind. I'm not good enough. Um, no, you are good enough. Yeah. You're just, you, you're you're magnifying what the enemy's saying against what the Lord is trying to say. So yeah. you hear him louder than you hear, you know, the voice of the truth. Voice of the truth. So you just, you get in that mindset where it's just, man, I just, and it, it just became an excuse for me just to, I'm just going to stay where I'm at. Yeah. I ain't no good, whatever. No, that's just an excuse to, you know, we say it all the time. If you're backsliding, you're, you're refusing to move forward. You're just right. sitting there. That's backsliding, right? Yeah. So just learning to rest, and I promise you'll be you'll do more than you. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it, but you look back and just, wow, mm-hmm. wow. Just like where we're at now, just more, just being obedient to the Lord, man. And just, man, it took a while, but still, and he's still, I'm still learning that more and more every day. And just, it's amazing to see what he's doing, mm-hmm. you know. And when you, when you come into this understanding of, of what he's actually done for you, you know, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, 
he made him who knew no sin mm-hmm. to become sin for us yeah. that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if you're born again, if you are in Christ, then you are the righteousness of God. You can't get any more holy, more pure, more. I mean, in the spirit, in the father's eyes, you are just as righteous and holy and pure as Jesus is. And that's the true gospel. And when we have that understanding and we start from that place instead of trying to do the works of the law, trying yeah. to keep the letter, when we start from knowing, wait a minute, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He died for me to make me like him. Yeah. Then it, it takes away a lot of hurdles and anxiety over performing well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but man, this is the true gospel. And I really felt strongly that we needed to expound on that for this, uh, you know, Resurrection Day weekend episode that people need to understand the truth. It's not just as, as wonderful, like I said, as wonderful as it is, Jesus died for me so that I could skip out on hell and get to go to heaven someday. Yes, that's awesome. But there's so much more. Mm-hmm. There's so much more in living this spirit-led life. And and you talked about being obedient. It's not it's not focusing on on being obedient to a list of rules. Exactly. Yeah. It's being obedient to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit in you. And he's leading you and guiding you. And one more thing, when you are truly resting and when you begin to understand your identity in Christ, you look at this Bible not as a list of rules and regulations. You look at it as a love story to you, mm-hmm. written from God directly to you. That's it, man. Man, hallelujah. So this is the true gospel. This is what he's done for us, and that's what we are celebrating this weekend. Amen. So last weekend... I did something that I have not done in quite a while. Oh, uh, yeah. I was impressed, too. <laughs> I, I turned on, and I, I posted, <laughs> posted this on social media. I turned on, and I actually paid attention pretty much to the whole show, both nights of WrestleMania. It's been a while. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> if I turn it on at all... You know, we've got you guys over, or or there's other people yeah. around, and we're just shooting the bull. And I you know. knew you was really invested in it because you was ignoring my text Sunday night. So like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have this chat, we have this chat group. So it's like he's really invested because he's not responded. He's like he must really be watching this because we watch it Sunday. We watch it Saturday night together, and then Sunday night. You know, of course, we work Monday, so it's like yeah, but I'm going home that way. If I go, right. I get sleep in school, but but anyway. I knew you was invested because he's ignored me. He don't usually ignore me. Yeah, just do it out there. I'm just now, I'm well, just ribbing on you, man. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to see what they yeah. were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, like I've talked about, I'm, I'm sure I've talked about it here on the podcast, uh, but I know I've talked about it with you. Really, the only thing that has made me turn on WWE in the last couple of years uh, is, and I, I still don't. 
sit through a whole Raw or a whole right. SmackDown, but I turn it on Hulu and I skim through and I watch the promos and, and you know, if there's a really good match that I've heard about, you know, I'll, I'll try to sit down and watch it. But the only thing that has really made me turn on WWE or really any wrestling on TV uh, in the last couple of years is this Bloodline storyline. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say right off the top, the way they have done it, the way they have drawn it out has been awesome, old school, pro wrestling. And I know WWE prefers sports entertainment. Right. That's all fine and good. But what the what they have done with this story is old school. This is the stuff that I grew up on. And there's nothing else on their programming that holds my attention like this does. And that's what wrestling used to be when we were kids, man. That's how oh, yeah. all the stories were. They were all deep and juicy. They were all, you know, but not not in the last several years with WWE have they done anything that is long-term storytelling like like they've done with this Bloodline story. So, yeah, I was invested to see exactly how that was going to turn out. Yeah, it was... Uh... I saw what you posted on your Facebook about the match. That's good. I was like, because when I was a kid, man, all the the good guys going, the the face is going to beat the heel, and not got them. Right. And we're going to bring them back the next month because back then, you know, was, yeah, you know, it, there was no, uh, you know, uh, uh, WWE network or any kind of network. You had to wait to come out on video. Exactly. Or watch, you know, they saved all the big matches for video. But man, so I gotta wait till next month and see what happens, you know. <laughs> and that, that's what I liked about it too, because I, I agree. If the story that they've been doing with the bloodline, sometimes it's annoying to me because I always want the good guy to win, you know. So, <laughs> but being a wrestling fan, it made sense for him, Cody, not to win that night. Mm-hmm. Even I, you know, just by watching <laughs> over the years, even I understood what they're doing here. Right. Uh, much as I want him to win, I knew it was. Yeah, not tonight, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Well, so let, let's talk about night so one. I don't want to. I don't want to go through the whole thing. I don't even remember all the matches. What stuck out to you about night one? Night one, let's see. Uh, probably the tag match, the main event. Yeah. Like, uh, I was really into that, watching that, and just watching. I kind of felt the Usos was going to drop the titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of made sense, I guess. Uh, but that's the only thing I really, I mean, I remember watching it, but that's that last match really stuck out to me. Just back and forth, back and forth. I got him. No, I'm going to keep going out. Got him. You know, just, man, just have the audience eating out upon me. Right. Like, oh, they're going to get the three. No, man, no, got him again. Yep. So that's wrestling to me, man. That's telling a story. It's like, no, nope, they ain't going to win tonight. Oh, here they go. No, nope, they ain't going to win. Yeah. Yep. So telling stories, man, that's what it, that's what wrestling is to me. Is like, I let the story play out right. as far as it needs to go, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's what we grew up on. And if you want to be frank about it, or Ted or Bill or whoever, who who come up with, let me be frank. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know A lot of things I don't understand people will say these sayings, but, you know. But anyway, that's what made WWE what it is now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we need that. 
we need but but yes those guys told a great story um and it gave the fans a little taste of what they wanted um so yeah i liked that one i thought it was good uh i also really enjoyed the charlotte and Rhea match Mm -hmm. and uh just honest most of the time i don't sit through and and watch a women's match um but they did a great job yeah it's a good match too um uh, anything else stand out about that one no no um when, when when was the hell in a cell? Was it not one or it was two? Not two. Okay, okay. Yeah, talking about edge and yeah, 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 yeah. Not two. Okay, well we can move on to not two then. So not two. Uh, two matches I really enjoyed was I'm a big Gunther fan, so this guy just seems legit. Yeah, like he just whoop anybody in the ring. And Drew McIntyre and Sheamus the same way. That match was, I mean. I'm going five stars. To this <laughs> I'm just gonna, yeah. Not just because I'm a fan of Gunther, but just the way, man. They just seem like tough dudes, man. I wouldn't want to face any of them guys. Well, that and you might have met some. You might have met a few of them. You know, yes. your time there. I don't know how they are, but they just seem legit. Like these guys are probably super nice, but probably just whoop anybody if they wanted. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just come. They're telling the story, and it's just. Man. Well, and that's the thing about guys like that, those guys and the William Regals and the Fit Finleys and the Dave Taylors, those UK guys, man, that, you go and watch a UK wrestling show or, or, you know, a UK match, and there's a lot of technical stuff and a lot of hard-hitting stuff, mm. you know. And that's what I did love about about that uh, that triple threat match for the Intercontinental title. They did a great job. Um, it was so hard-hitting. They put their bodies. We say it every time anybody goes out, and it's the truth, but they really put their bodies on the line. There, there was no uh, laziness in that match. Right. And I don't, I don't mean no disrespect, but a lot of times you see just – some wrestlers going through the motions or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, man, they was just technical and just beating a far out of each other. And just <laughs> yeah. thought, like, man, this guy's really trying to hurt this guy. He's trying to win. Yeah. That's what it's about, trying to win, right? Right. And, man, it just – but that match was – I mean, that was right there. That was – it was a very good match. So, major props to all three – uh, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, and Gunther. And I hope Gunther becomes champion one day. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, well. He, I don't know, man. I'm just a fan I, of I'm, him. I'm sure he will. I'm going to say this now, and then I'll say it after we talk about Cody and Roman. If the right people stay in power. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> but... Uh, yeah, that was a great match. Uh, and then the Edge and Finn Balor match. Uh, they did they did good stuff. I'm not going to say that nothing impressed me. I don't want it to come, come off like that. It's just I've not been invested in the story. Mm. It couldn't catch my attention. Right. And so the match to me really meant nothing. And... The part that I hated, and I know, you know, these days guys are, you know, the 
the company is really focused on taking care of guys and making sure they're safe. And, you know, in one hand, I'm, I'm all for that. But then in another, I'm like, because what they did when that, you know, edge through the ladder uh, spot and it cut Balor open, you know, I mean, he's, he's bleeding like a stuck hog all over the place. Yeah. And then the doctors run in and they start fixing him up and, and edge has to piddle around and do stuff to be trying to keep everybody's attention Man, that's just not something you would have seen in a Harley race versus Terry Funk match or something, you know? Well, let me ask you this. What, what does a guy do there? Like, you're talking about Edge. I mean, you've been in the ring for, you know, 20-plus years. What's a guy do when they're stopping have to stop the match and just trying to keep the crowd into it? And, well. And just trying to, you know, stop the bleeding from. I have know. never, I have never been in a match where somebody they had to stop it for blood mm-hmm. you know usually if we see somebody get some some hard way you know i'll be like you all right and if they say yeah right. we continue okay you know now i've been in situations where guys have you know done some kind of crazy spot and and twisted their ankle or their knee or something like that and you know have to go down and the ref check on them and, and push you back and everything. Um, for me, it really depends on whether I'm the baby face or the heel, you know, mm-hmm. but those, those kind of things, you know, I mean, think of Austin and Owen, uh, at SummerSlam. Was that 97? Uh, I think so. When, yeah. uh, Owen accidentally broke Steve's yeah. neck with a pile driver. Uh, what they did, Austin knew that he couldn't go anymore. Mm-hmm. But he still said, have him come over here so I can roll him up. Yeah. You know, so in that situation with the, the Balor and Edge thing, I think it would have looked so much better if they would have just scrapped the rest of the stuff that they had laid out and did something to to finish the match, you know, instead of it being so obvious that he's over there getting doctored and he's bleeding like a stuck hog. And then, you know, of course, when the camera finally does come back to him, Oh, he's not bleeding no more. He's all right. He's all good. I just thought that it took away from the momentum that they had. Yeah. So, um, was there anything else on night two? Listen, I'm not saying that that there were not yeah. decent matches. Oh yeah, but as far as what stuck out to me, right? You know, this is what I really feel led to talk about. They they do so much stuff, um, and so it's I can't remember it all. I don't even have the desire to try to remember it all. <laughs> so, um, so, so uh, the Oscar and. Uh, uh, Bel Air match. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big Oscar fan, you know. So uh, I was like, me man, too. I really wanted her to win. <laughs> the loss stuck out to me. I was like, that's heartbroken, man. Yeah. I I think that was a good match. Uh, yeah, it was a good match. I don't necessarily 
I don't necessarily say that it was above Charlotte and Rhea. No, no, it wasn't. But it, it was it was a, a good little match. Um, I just mentioned that because I'm a fan of Oscar. Yeah, well, I am too. I, I love I, I like Bill Air too, but it's just, you know. I love Asuka's style. I love her aggressiveness, yeah. that Japanese style. And she does, she reminds me of a female great Muda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love watching Muda's work. Yeah. You know. Um, all right, so off to the main event, which is. I consider the true main event. Whether they have one night or two nights, I, I, I don't. I don't consider there being. Oh, there's a main event of night one and a main event of night That's two. The main I, event of WrestleMania. The main event of WrestleMania yep. was Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns for the title, and <laughs> as I posted on social media, and listen. I have really enjoyed my run as a heel recently. Mm-hmm. So it was not hard for me to be able to, you know, kind of beat guys down. But put it so bluntly as you Put it so bluntly. There you go. It's, you've been in the business a while. So it's like, you know, have you seen, you know, and me just being a fan. It, I knew it was the right call. I mean, I wanted Cody to win, but I knew he wouldn't. Right. I knew it wasn't the right time. Because he came back last year at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. right? Then he got hurt in the uh, Hell in Cell with the, when he's wrestling Seth Rollins. So yeah. he, he was out for eight, nine months. Right. So even though he's only been back. So it just made sense to keep the story going because he built Roman up the bloodline for three years. Yeah. So have it to end with Cody winning. And really, he's only been back a few months because he was hurt eight or nine months when he tore his well so to have him come back and and that short of a period even though he's it just made sense to me as a fan right they they had a great match they told a great story a lot of back and forth a lot of great false finishes and I I applaud them on that match that was that was a really good match told an awesome story and I loved it um You've been around me, and there's others who have been around me, and I, we know we've got friends who say, "Oh, I can't wait till Cody wins. I, I, Cody's going to beat him at Mania." And I've said from the beginning, if they're smart, they yank the rug out from under Cody on this one. Yeah, and so many people get disappointed in that. But here's the thing: Cody, like you said, came back, then got hurt, and blah blah blah. He's not quite, and I'm not trying to be derogatory toward Cody. He's great, and he is going to be great. Uh, But as far as WWE status right now, he's not in the league of Roman. Mm -hmm. As far as stardom, this is is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that that he's not uh, deserving. I'm not saying that he will not one day be the world champion. I'm just saying right now, as far as believability, because they have built Roman uh, to such a degree for the last three or four years that it can't just be some random person who comes in and 
and beats him. And the story with Cody, yes, it was a triumphant story. He he left WWE at Stardust and then went and helped start a new promotion and, and you know, gave guys jobs. That's awesome. And then comes back to WWE and he's beginning his upward climb. That's all great. But um, he's still not quite there yet. Right. As far as WWE stardom goes. If he would have, if they would have went with what everybody says they want, in quotations, says they want. Cody comes back at the Rumble. He wins it, which was just an obvious Rumble. That was a boring Rumble. No surprises. You know, it was just kind of like, eh. Uh, So it was a dull Rumble for him to win. So that's a dull victory. So... He wins the Rumble, and then for the most part, since he's won the Rumble, the story has been Roman and Sammy. Mm-hmm. It's just in the last few weeks that they started focusing in on, right. on Cody and Roman. So they have not had a real story between them. Right. And so if Cody would have won the Rumble, went to Mania, and beat Roman, then people would have yay they would have screamed and shouted and 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 praised for about 2 months yeah and then they would have been like you know that was a really dull story that was a boring story he came straight in wins the rumble goes to mania and beats the most dominant champion in recent history mm-hmm. so what happens as we have seen with fans from time and time again. Past, yeah. Right, they will flip mm-hmm. and be like, boo, you suck. Give it a month or two. Oh, and yeah. that's what would have happened. Now, with what they did in that match, now, and and I, Bully Ray asked the question on Twitter. He asked, how would Dusty have booked it? Mm-hmm. And my reply is, Dusty would have booked it exactly how it was booked. Yeah, I believe so too, yeah. The old school mentality, you get sympathy for the baby face and you get heat for the heel. Mm -hmm. Now, Roman and Cody, you know, Rumble, Cody wins, and then half of this time, Roman has been involved with Sammy, and and then all they've had is a few promos and jabs at each other the last few weeks to build up to WrestleMania. Now... They have a story. Now, Cody has had some hard times. Now, Cody is climbing the mountain. And there's an actual story that, like I said a minute ago, if the right people stay in power, uh, the payoff is going to be a lot better than what they would have imagined in the beginning. I agree, man. It was still a good match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Just the back and forth. I love that. Almost a three, not a three, almost a three. I got no everything in Yeah. And interference and all that stuff. I mean it's it was good. I enjoyed I enjoyed that. I had to stay up late to watch that match. Yeah, I know. I felt the next too. morning. <laughs> well and and like I said, in WWE stardom, mm-hmm. uh Cody's not he was not quite there yet. Right. What that match at WrestleMania did was elevated him. Yeah. And once again, if the right people stay in power, they will continue to elevate him. When when the babyface almost gets it and then 
gets the rug yanked out from under him, and then he climbs back up and he almost gets it and he gets it yanked out from under him. You've, you're getting sympathy and you're getting people are getting invested and people are sinking their teeth into this. Mm-hmm. And then when the time is right, boom, there's his there's his moment. But his moment was not at this WrestleMania. I agree. Now they got time to build the story because, like you said, in reality, the story's only been built for a few weeks. Yeah, him and Cody. So it uh, would have been such a dull and yeah. predictable ending. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think that that uh, does any kind of good for Cody, and it definitely don't no. for Roman. You know, right? Roman has been consistent, and I love watching his matches. And I'm not just saying it's it's just Roman because you know there's been you know he's been working with with some good guys, but you watch his matches. And, man, it's just such an old-school layout, how he starts off slow and he builds, builds a story, builds a story, builds a story. It's not just going out there and doing a bunch of uh, boom, 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 just for the sake of boom, 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 and then a dive and then a a flip and then a flop and then a boom, 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 just, you know, they make sense. Yeah. The stories make sense and he makes everyone look good. And he reminds me of how Flair used to work as uh, not I'm not talking about their style, but I'm talking about the mentality in the 80s and 90s when Flair's running as world champion. It didn't matter who it was. Ric Flair would make people believe that that guy had a chance. Mm. Whether it was Sting or Luger or whether it was Mike Jackson or Barry Horowitz or, you know, somebody like that. Rick and the other horsemen, but, you know, Rick is the world champion. He made people believe that that guy had a chance. He would take bumps for the people. He would He would build them up to such a degree that – people's you know getting behind an enhancement talent yeah. and that's amazing oh yeah that's great i remember that yeah yeah me believing brother yeah. like, no he got you as a tank so, so that's sting fans so yeah I was like yeah oh, stay here come on man <laughs> but that got me to the next uh you know tbs you know 605 or whatever the right. next cassette and i had to go to video store and rent <laughs> and i miss some days sometimes but i know i know I just uh, I was going to meet somebody the other day, and I almost told them, uh, meet me at the Blockbuster parking lot. <laughs> and I realized that this person was so young, they wouldn't even remember Man, what a Blockbuster what was. A, <laughs> what a video of Blockbuster was. Or, it's all in the history books now. Eh? Crazy. <laughs> oh, man. You got anything else on that or oh, anything? Man. I believe they made the right decision. I believe that... Uh, there's nothing but up uphill <clears throat> uh, from here, and that it's going to be good. Once again, if the right people stay in power. Yep. Now, before we go, we just got a couple of minutes left, but uh, we should mention that WWE apparently has sold to Endeavor, the company who owns UFC. So who knows what this will bring? Uh, I have heard. A lot of people say that uh, this deal put Vince back as the head of creative. And uh, 
that some people are are disappointed about that and if uh, that's the case then that's why I have been saying if the right people say <laughs> empower right. I believe I with Hunter over creative and and his crew that you know they were really doing good with building stories and writing good television um, I hope that it stays that way but who knows what's going to happen? I've not read enough into that yeah. buyout to figure out exactly what what it means, or uh, and I really don't care to spend the the time and energy researching it. I'm just going to kick back and see if it continues to be decent. Yeah, me too. If it does, then I'll continue to try to follow the story, and if it don't, then I've got better things to watch on Hulu anyway. <laughs> So, with that being said, everyone, we pray that you have a great Resurrection Day weekend. Remember what it's really all about. Um, I know a lot of people be celebrating with bunnies and Easter eggs and all that stuff, but uh, be sure to tell your kids what it's really all about. Amen. And that's what we began this episode with, talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, prayer requests, or praise reports, feel free to email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. Guys, uh, we love you. And... God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.